And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, we're going to accomplish that by talking about why your property may not be selling. Did you know that there are a myriad of reasons as to why a property that you've put on the market isn't selling? There, there, there's a bunch of reasons why a property may not transact in the market. Now, some of you are probably aware of the number one reason, and I'll just, I'll just hit it with you. I'll hit you with it right now. Price. Price. Yeah. There, let, me, let me tell you something about your property. I don't care what condition your property is in. I don't care where your property is located. I don't care what color the exterior walls are. I don't care what color the interior walls are. I don't care what kind of flooring you have in it. I don't care how many bathrooms you have. I don't care how many bedrooms you have. I don't care about any of that stuff. What I care about as a buyer is I care about price. I care about your price. Now, there are a lot of people that are on the market right now that are looking at market conditions and they're saying, whoa, we might be actually in a buyer's market right now because a year ago, I put my property on the market and within 24 hours, I had a dozen or more offers. Okay, that is a clear indication of something that's called a seller's market where the seller basically owns all the cards, they control just about everything in the transaction and they can name their price and sell for their price and they could probably even jack their price up a little bit higher if they wanted to, if they had the proper jack, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But here's the point. In a seller's market, the seller controls everything. I mean, just about everything other than the buyer's financial position in the world. Yeah, that's that's what a seller's market is like. And we endured one of those. And, and I say endured because if you were a buyer during that time period, you endured higher than normal pricing for a property. You did. I, I'm just telling you, you did. Now, since that time, the markets have softened a little bit. They have softened a little bit. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk specifically about the single family space of the real estate market. I'm not going to get into multifamily apartment communities. I'm not going to get into other forms of commercial real estate. I'm going to talk about specifically the single family space. I know Del Wamsley is telling you, and he's absolutely correct, that in the multifamily space, he is seeing indications of a buyer's market. And I agree 100% with him. I, I do. I do. I know some of you don't agree with this, and I get that, but it's totally fine. You don't have to agree with this. Just make sure you understand the reference point where you're coming from and make sure you're correct. That's all I've, I've got to say. I'm not saying you aren't correct. I am saying that make sure you take into consideration all of the factors before you make up your final mind. But in the single family space, we may or may not be in a buyer's market. And, and really, one of the other things that can contribute to whether or not your property is not selling is the factor of location, right? Location, where that property actually sits. So depending on where your property is at, location will have an impact 
on the market conditions. There are parts of the country that buyers are looking to buy property in. There are other parts of the country where maybe they're not looking to buy property in. If the buyers are not active in a particular area, that actually creates more of a buyer's market because buyers aren't acting. Therefore, the sellers are kind of losing control of the, of the, of the markets. Makes sense, doesn't it? Okay, so if there's a market where buyers are very active, what we have is more of a balanced market. Now, pricing might be coming down a little bit. Okay, and depending on where you're you're looking at your investment properties, you may have seen some softening in the markets. I will tell you in the markets that I'm in with my single family, I haven't seen the softening. I haven't seen the softening at all. As a matter of fact, I'm seeing the prices hold stable. Now, one of the things I am seeing, I'm seeing it's taking longer to find that properly qualified buyer. Yes, it's taking longer to find that buyer. Not a problem. Not a problem. The right buyer is coming along. They're just not showing up overnight like they were during a pure seller's market. So because it's taking me longer to acquire the right buyer, but I am still maintaining my, my pricing for my property because my properties are priced correctly, I would consider that more of a balance, more of a normal market. Now, if I were on the market and that property was sitting on the market for longer, longer than the average hold time for properties to find a qualified buyer, then maybe, maybe I have a problem with my pricing. Maybe we're in more of a buyer's market than we thought. Does it really matter if we're in a buyer's market or in a seller's market? Yes, it does. It does because it affects what type of offers you will receive on a property. If we are in a pure buyer's market, you can expect to see offers that come in lower than what you're asking for the property. Now, that doesn't mean you ratchet up the price of the property to try and compensate for that. What you're finding, though, is that buyers feel a little bit more aggressive in the marketplace and they feel like they want to get a little bit more value in the deal. And therefore, maybe they come in at a lower than asking price. Should you be insulted? Really, it depends on your ego. To me, if let's let's let me just lay it out for you. If I've got a property that's on the market for $100,000 and I get somebody that comes in and says, "Look, I want to buy your property. I'm I'm all qualified to do it, but I want to pay you $95,000." That's a 5% reduction on my asking price. That's that's fairly significant. But some of you would get upset with that. But I would not. If you overprice your property, you're helping your competition sell. Now think about it. Let's, let's take a step back and let's think about it. Let's say we're the buyer. You're not selling your property anymore. You're the buyer, okay? As the buyer, you want to put your property on the market for $100,000. Now, how did you get to that $100,000 price point? Well, if you're, you're smart, you did some market research. And if you're even smarter, you went to one of your teammates, who's probably a licensed realtor, and you said, hey, I'm going to put 123 Main Street on the market. What's it worth? And your realtor would go out and do something called a comparative market analysis, and they'll help you determine what the market conditions are, because those market conditions have a bearing on what you can sell your property for. Did you know that? Yeah, the only time it doesn't have a bearing is if somebody is paying you all cash and they don't want an appraisal. In which case, you might be dealing with a drug dealer. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you probably don't want to go do business with somebody like that. All right, because 
Okay, why would I say something like that? The reason I would say something like that is that most properties tend to transact leveraged. In other words, the person buying the property puts a loan on the property. They come in with a certain amount of money, and the rest of the money that would buy your property comes from a lender. That lender is going to require an appraisal on the property because the lender wants to make sure that the buyer isn't overpaying for the property. They will do an appraisal, and in that appraisal, the appraiser will look at similar properties in the general area within a certain range of that property that have recently sold within a certain period of time, and they'll make an estimation of value based on comparative sales. They will say, your property is worth potentially this amount of money. Or the appraisal will come back and say, you know what? You're within the ballpark of what everything else is sold for. Markets have been adjusting upwards a little bit. So we're actually going to appraise you higher than the, the other properties that sold. But you're, you're getting your price. You're getting your price. What does an appraisal cost? I think it, it ranges anywhere from the at a $300 to $600, depending on where you are, depending on the appraisal company, depending on whatever services you add on to the appraisal. Maybe you want, hey, get it done in 24 hours, so maybe there's a fee for that. Okay, at the end of the day, I'm not telling you to go out and get an appraisal on your property, and here's why. The appraisal you get on your property when you're trying to determine value may or may not be a valid appraisal when it comes time for you to sell the property. And the lender that the buyer uses may not accept that appraisal. They may want to use their own appraiser. Oh, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So how do you avoid paying for an appraisal that may or may not work for you and determine your value? Well, I'm going right back to your teammate that has a real estate license, who's probably a member of the Realtor Association. Yeah, that person has access to market data that you don't have access to. It's called the multiple listing service. And in that multiple listing service, probably, well, I, I, I think I said on yesterday's show, 99% of all properties that are available for sale, that might have been, it, it was probably a stretch. It was probably a stretch. Probably 90%, maybe even higher than 90% is higher, but that's, that's Al's guesstimate. I didn't go to the uh, Association of Realtors to determine what that data was, but take this away from what I'm trying to tell you. It's a big number. It's a big portion of the marketplace. Yeah, it's a big portion of the marketplace. So essentially what the realtor can do for you is they can simulate the effects of an appraisal without doing an actual appraisal for you. Yeah, so they can they can get you the market data that you need so that you can see what has sold in the neighborhood or in adjoining neighborhoods to your property. You can see what the actual transaction prices are because list prices don't matter. It's the sold price that matters. So you're going to use that sold price as information to determine the value of your property. Pretty good stuff, right? Here's another thing you're going to do. You're going to take that information and you're going to take it to heart. You're going to take it to heart. And here's why. Because what you have now found out is what the market is willing to bear for your property. Now, 
Could there be somebody out there that has all cash that's willing to pay 20% more for your property? Yes, they may be out there. And, and it's possible they may not be a drug dealer. They may actually just want that particular piece of property, and they're willing to pay over market for you. And even if they get an appraisal, they're still willing to pay over market for it because there is some type of intrinsic value to them about that property that is not intrinsic to anybody else. Does that make sense? Okay. But let me take you back to this concept of pricing. One of the most common reasons for a property not selling is that it is priced too high for the market. Period. End of story. Buyers tend to be deterred if they feel the property is not priced appropriately for the value. And here's the point I want to make. That property that we looked at over the weekend, that duplex that I was talking to you about on yesterday's show. Oh, and if you didn't hear yesterday's show, go to lifestylesunlimited.com. I do a complete breakdown of what we did at a single family road trip. I talk about all the team members that were there. I talked about the members that were there. I broke down the investment for you. And I, and I told you why I wouldn't buy that property. I gave you very specific reasons for it. And the number one reason for it was the property was overpriced. It was overpriced. I even told you on yesterday's show what I felt I could pay for the property. Now, I'm not trying to lowball the, the owner on purpose. I, as a matter of fact, I do not want to lowball anybody, but there is a maximum that I can pay for a property because that property still has to do for me what I intended to do. I want to solve the seller's problem. I really want to solve their problem by helping them transact the property, but I can't do it at the price point that they're at. So if effectively what happened to me, and I think what happened to every other member that was at that single family road trip, we were all deterred because we felt the property was not priced appropriately for the value in the marketplace. There was a huge differential there. When we come back from the break, how about I break down the numbers for you? Let's have some fun with math. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Want to continue the conversation inside the community? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook. Stay up to date on upcoming events, market trends, member stories, featured podcasts, real estate wisdom, and more. You can even join us a couple of times a month as we go live with our case study events right on Facebook from the comfort of your home. Get online and get in the know. Turn listening on the radio into participating in the community. Like and follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. However, my producer, Rick, he's concerned that I'm not working on your financial freedom, and here's why. We had a long conversation during the commercial break, and, and he brought to my attention something that I said earlier in the show that may not sit well with you, so I, I, think, I think we need to discuss it. So here's what he told me. He said, Al... You use two words at the end of the last segment that, that don't work well with each other. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm flashing back to my eighth grade English teacher and I'm, I'm getting ready to get my F in English. And I said, OK, Rick, what is it? What did I say? And he said, you use the words math and fun in the same sentence. Yes. Yes, Rick, I did. Yes, I did. And I, I know you're sitting in the background and your, your eyes are rolling at me and you're trying to figure out if I'm going to dig myself out of this hole. And guess what? 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to dig myself out of this hole. And I'm going to help our audience understand that math is essential. Math can be fun. Yes, Rick, math can be fun. And more importantly, what I really want you to understand, aside from all the kidding around, is I really want you to understand that pricing has a very big impact on your ability to sell a piece of property. If a property is not priced properly for the marketplace, that property will either A, sit on the marketplace and help all of your competition sell first, or B, you're going to get flooded with offers because you're actually on the, on the market for too low of a price. So what I suggested you do is that you work with one of your teammates, one of your realtors, and find a good pricing strategy for your property. Now, over the weekend, I had the opportunity to attend a single-family road trip as part of the Lifestyles Unlimited community. And at that road trip, we got to take a look at a duplex that we've known about in the Lifestyles Unlimited community for, for a couple of months. Now, this particular property, best I can tell, has been on the market for what time is it? Yeah, like nine months. Nine months this thing has been on the market. So there's got to be a reason why the property isn't selling. So one of the reasons that the Lifestyles Unlimited mentor and the Lifestyles Unlimited realty teammate decided to choose this property to use for our single family road trip was number one, it made for a really great educational experience. I mean, if you wanted to learn about what it takes to rehab a property, if you wanted to learn about what it costs to do certain things to get that rehab done, this property was actually a really good property for that with the exception of foundation. Yeah, the foundation on the property was good to go because the property is only 24 years of age, which is another reason I really like the property because most of the properties that are coming out of the marketplace for the niche that we like to operate within tend to be a lot older. So when you get something that's newer, it tends to come with less problem. Now, this particular property, it had been vandalized. It, it's a duplex. One side had a little bit of vandalism in it. Basically, they tried to rip a hot water heater out. They, they disconnected it, and that's about as far as they got. They, they ripped some wiring out of the wall, but the wiring is still in the wall. So they, it's kind of like they disconnected the copper wiring from the little junction box, and then they started pulling it until it started ripping through the drywall. And then I think they realized, well, this is too hard. Let's not do that. So they stole the air conditioner instead. Yeah, and then they left that side of the property, and then they went and did the same thing on the other side of the property. Okay, so everything got ripped off in this property. And then you find out that somebody had gotten into one of the sides of the property, the northern side, and it was somebody who was living in there and squatting in there because, well, the, the side effects of somebody squatting in a property, well, they were everywhere. They were everywhere. Plus, that part of the duplex uh, had a lot more physical damage to it. I mean, you you had to do a complete kitchen makeover in there, and, and the flooring was completely bad in there, and uh, both sides needed painting. It's It's just the thing it was. So at the end of the day, one of the things that we did before we even went into the house, before we even determined how bad this house was, was we took a look at the numbers. We took a look at the numbers and we determined whether or not this property was viable for us. So let me give you the basic numbers. The property is on the market for $210,000. You heard me correctly, $210,000. That property price is too high. And I know for a fact that it's too high for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's been on the market for nine months and nobody bought it. 
So let me let me run down the numbers for you. The property is worth $278,000 all fixed up. In the current marketplace, that's what those properties all fixed up are trading for in that particular part of San Antonio, Texas. At $210,000, and based on the, the estimates that the realtor brought to the table, it would take about $60,000 to do the rehab, another $10,000 in closing and holding costs. So your cash out of pocket, even with using hard money, is going to be north of $86,000. $86,000 to buy this property. You will obtain, now get this, you're going to have a negative $2,000 in equity capture, which means that in order to do this transaction, you're actually going to have to pay $212,000 for the property instead of $210,000. Yeah, so your cash out of pocket is going to be $86,400. That's going to give you a negative, yeah, you heard me correctly, a negative 2.31% return on capital gain. Right there and then, I reject this property based on the financials. So the agent said the the seller would be willing to entertain, willing to entertain an offer of $190,000. Oh, he will? Well, that's $20,000 less than what he says he's wanting for the property. That makes this more interesting to me. But here's the problem. One of the parameters that I use when I'm determining whether or not I'm going to buy a property. Here's here's the parameters. It has to produce $200 to $600 per door. If it's in the single family space, $200 to $600 per door. And this property does that. It actually produces $302.50 per door. So it meets my threshold for cash flow. Where it doesn't meet my threshold for investing is on the equity capture. When I buy a property, my minimum threshold is 100% capital gains capture. What did I just say? What I'm saying is if I put $100 into the property, I'm buying $100 worth of equity in that asset. By doing what we do at Lifestyles Unlimited, I want the results of all of my fruits and all of my labor to produce an additional $100 worth of equity. So I'm essentially getting $200 of equity for every $100 of equity that I buy. That is my minimum threshold. There are times where I will go down on that. And usually it's in relation to getting a better cash flow return. But those are my thresholds. So where, where do I sit based on the fact the guy is willing to do it for $190,000? I'm not there. I can't afford to pay $190,000 for the property. And here's why. I would only capture $18,000 in equity, only $18,000 in equity. That's only about 24% capital gains returns. Okay. A return on capital gains is the proper way to say it. 24% is not enough for me. This property is not producing enough cash flow for me to lower my threshold. I need to still be at that 100% equity capture threshold. So it doesn't work at 190. So then the Lifestyles Unlimited members and I that are a little bit more seasoned, we kind of huddled up in the corner of the backyard while everybody else was walking through the property and learning. And we started talking about, okay, 
what's what's it really going to cost to to do these repairs? And we determined that the $60,000 rehab was maybe a little bit high. We felt collectively amongst all of us, there were four of us working on this, all of us that have recent rehab experience in the San Antonio market. And we determined that $50,000 was a better number. With a $50,000 number, here's the thing. We could actually get closer to offering that guy $190,000. We could get closer, but we're not close enough yet. It's not enough of a cost savings to warrant paying $190,000 for that property. So you're probably thinking, okay, Al, where does the dust settle? Where does the dust finally settle? Well, here's where it settles at $176,000. That's the most that I could afford to pay for this property. Now, let me tell you what the deal parameters would be if I paid $176,000 for the property. Now, keep in mind, this guy's got it on the pro- on the market for $210,000, right? I am essentially considering offering him $34,000 less than what he is on the market for. And one of the things that concerns me is I don't want to insult this guy. But this is the most that I can afford to pay for the property and still have the property do for me what I needed to do if I'm going to put it into my portfolio. So here's the numbers. At $176,000 purchase price, a $50,000 rehab, an additional $10,000 in closing and holding costs, by using my hard money asset, my cash out of pocket is going to be $41,400. And some of you are going, wow, that's a pretty big cash out of pocket compared to what you usually put out. But when you think about that, when you consider that cash out of pocket on a per door basis, it's less than $21,000 per door. It's pretty good, right? Okay, so $41,400 cash out of pocket. My numbers tell me that if I can buy it for $176,000, I can capture $42,000 of equity. Ding, 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 ding. Right there. Right there. I have hit my target. I'm at a 101.45% return on capital gain. That's, that's what I would get. So it meets the threshold. Now, here's the other thing. The initial deal, the initial cash flow on the initial deal worked out to be about 8.4%. If you pay $210,000 for the property and you receive $605 per month in cash flow based on putting $86,400 into the deal, your cash on cash return is 8.4%. That's actually at the lower end of the threshold that I'm really willing to accept. Yeah, this just barely meets it. I want a minimum of 8% cash on cash. That's, that's my standard in single family. But by doing the deal the way I'm suggesting that we do it, if we can acquire the property for $176,000, and if we can control our rehab costs, keep them at $50,000 or less, and if we keep our cash out of pocket at $41,400, that cash on cash return now jumps to 17.54%. Now, let me be very clear with you. We're not making anything more in the cash flow. We can't rent that property for anything more in the market because we've spent less on the property. Does that make sense to you? I know that makes sense to you. But our rate of return is higher because the amount of cash that we put into this asset is less than half of what we would have originally had to put into this asset based on the seller's original numbers, right? Okay, so the big takeaway here is that the property that we looked at 
is overpriced. It's overpriced. Now, the neat thing about having a Lifestyles Unlimited Realty member bring that deal to the table is that that Lifestyles Unlimited Realty teammate that brought us the deal, they operate as a buyer's agent. Because they operate as a buyer's agent, they have a fiduciary obligation to whoever they work with in this deal. So whichever Lifestyles Unlimited member comes forward and says, hey, I want to do this, that agent would act as a buyer's agent for that person. In other words, there's a fiduciary obligation to that person. So if I were to, let's say it were me, let's say it were us, and, and we're working with that buyer's agent. And we said, look, you know, I know he's at a 210, but man, even at your revised price of 190, it doesn't work. But I think I can get it done at 176. Let's offer 172. Okay, he would offer 172 and he would not tell the seller or the seller's agent that I would be willing to go up to 176. That's how that fiduciary obligation thing works. Now, I would go the full 176. I wouldn't even mess around with it because right now I already know that I'm coming in. If I decide to do this, I'm going to come in $34,000 below where the seller thinks it needs to be. And even if he's considering dropping it $20,000, I'm still $14,000 below that. So, I need my buyer's agent not only to take my offer into the seller's brokerage, but also to sit down with the seller and explain the story of why I am paying the most that I can for his property. And if we can work it out, we're going to work it out. And if we can't, on to the next. Hey, if you want to do what I'm doing, you want to do what the 50,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.